What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 15 DFS MVP. I am your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. As always, with my co-host, Matt Savoka. If you're new to this show, what we usually do is go over our favorite values on the slate and talk about a theory segment, but this week is anything but usual. Uh, obviously, if, if you're watching this, you're probably aware that we have had a lot of shuffling of games, uh, postponements of games, and basically it blew up our whole script, so we decided to blow up the whole show. Um, today, we're, we're going to do things a, a little bit differently. Uh, as we record this Friday, so many values have been blown off of the slate um, that we're just going to go game by game and, and kind of freestyle our thoughts on this crazy week um, and and hopefully get you guys involved if, if you are watching or listening and take some of your questions. Um, before we get into all of that, uh, make sure you're checking out our other shows we still have our cash game review every monday here on youtube at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time every saturday yahoo dfs values with matt Harmon comes out on the dfs mvp feed as well as the yahoo fantasy feed if you listen to that tomorrow it'll probably probably be very irrelevant because we recorded it on thursday so enjoy that (laughs) sunday morning probably the most important one of the year this week the dfs gpp last look show with jordan vanek that's sunday 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern time subscriber only discord with all the craziness this week um I i would highly recommend getting into our discord channel because things are changing literally by the minute at this point uh we, we thought we were going to have a, a, a two-game Saturday slate this week. We don't anymore, but as far as we know right now, we still have a showdown slate. So we have Saturday uh, showdown content up for you guys already on the site. And next week, things will be a little bit different. Um, with it being Christmas Eve, this show will be recorded at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're used to watching us at this time slot, uh, make sure you switch it up in your calendars because... We know this is more important than your family time on Christmas Eve. Uh, if you haven't signed up for 4 for 4 yet, uh, make sure you get that rest of season price. The DFS uh, uh, price is down to $24 for the rest of the season, and you can get an additional 10% off with the promo code DFSMVP. We're going through Super Bowl, and uh, if, if things go anywhere like we've seen this week, there's going to be a lot of extra slates to get value out of that subscription. Before we get into the week by uh, the game by game breakdown, just want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all of your favorite teams, players, and sports from boosted parlays to live in game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now and use the promo code 444. That's the number 4, FR, the number 4, to claim your risk-free bet today. Mr. Savoka, welcome to Week 15. Um, you and I, we, we, uh, we, write content every, we write content every week. We, uh, we grind for days at a time to try to get ready for the show and, and our articles, and uh, all that's gone. Um, I, I would say yeah. this is, yeah, I mean, first of all, how, 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 are you, uh, how are you doing? How are you holding up with this week? Hey, hey, I'm doing well. If you had told me a year ago I would be here on Friday night hosting the show, I wouldn't have believed you. So it, Ooh, okay. I'm going to take a little perspective that. call and yeah. say I'm I'm still very happy to be here. But guys, welcome to Who Slate Is It Anyway, where the players <laughs> are made up and the projections don't matter. Beautiful. This is 
absolutely ridiculous. This is completely unprecedented. More people on the COVID list this week than the entire rest of the season. Combined two games moved off the main slate, including the main player that you were locking into lineups in both on both DraftKings and yeah. FanDuel. This is wild. Hey, but I'm still excited to be here. It's uh it's Christmas week. We got we still got a lot to be thankful for, but um hey, if it if it is your first time joining us, what a week you chose yeah. to get into DFS and the DFS MVP, but we're still happy you're here. Yeah, um I mean I, I would say this is unprecedented, but I mean we, we do actually have some precedent for this, right? Last year, we did have a lot of these crazy slates games getting moved to Tuesdays, Wednesdays. I think we had a game every day of the week um, at some point last year. So, I mean, there still is DFS to play. Um, it's going to be a very condensed slate where it's down to nine games. Um, so not not nearly as many. Like, I think usually the smallest slate we have is 10 games. But, I mean, we still do have a lot of edge to gain there still are slates that are going to run and and there are a lot of people that are just going to throw their hands up and say screw it i I don't know what to do and and probably put out some really bad lineups like what what's your um what's your take on on a week like this and again like we're still going to have if if nothing moves from from this point on we're still going to have a day and a half two days to digest all of the information available um how do you approach like a slate like this in general like just any thoughts at all yeah i think this comes down to one of the lessons we've been trying to harp on especially in our cash game review show which is just find the best plays Mm -hmm. stick to them and let others make mistakes around you obviously if you're talking about gpps or trying to get contrarian and beat a lot of people then you're gonna have to do the same you have to you know throw something at a wall more so this week than other weeks but for the most part we still have stud wide receivers we still are probably paying up at that position versus running back, which is what we felt at the beginning of the week. And we're still seeing premium quarterbacks as more of a luxury than something that is easy to get to. You know, by the time you listen to this or watch this on Sunday, there might be some free square running back, say, in Arizona that has opened up. But at this point on Friday, we don't have extreme value plays really on either site. So the macro structure of the slate doesn't change. Just the players we're, we're recommending do. Yeah, the um, I, I, I think people might look at this week and, you know, just say it's it's a mess, like I, I mentioned, and, and maybe not want to play or think about dialing back their volume. I mean, I would say if there's ever a week just to lean into whatever you think your strengths are, it is a week like this. Um, there, We were already going into this week. It was going to be one, maybe one of the worst running back weeks we've ever seen uh, on a main slate. Like I, I wrote up four running back plays um, for my, my cash game write-up, and one of those is already off the slate. Another one might still might not be available because of COVID. I, I think that people are going to see a lot of names that they're not used to rostering. There are going to be a lot of players that are just going to be making egregious errors because they don't understand lineup construction. Um, they're they're going to be wanting to force in names that they know, and that's going to lead to uh, really big mistakes. So I, I think if you are doing your due diligence and you understand just the general concepts of DFS and, and things like a, um, you know, this is a week where if you're playing cash games, you're probably playing four wide receivers. Something as simple as that can really set you apart from the field. Um, from a GPP perspective, I think that the slate is so condensed and, and I mean, there are so few games that it really lends itself to 
really leaning into like onslaught type strategies where if you could pinpoint the one game that goes off, um, you're probably going to really be able to climb up leaderboards relatively easily just because there aren't that many, uh, there aren't that many games. It's going to be really hard to be high scoring with so few options. So this is going, I, I think this is still going to be a really good week, but again, we, the, the, the values that we had planned, the lock, quote unquote locks that we had have really been blown up. So let's just go um, game by game and, and you talk about any thoughts you have on, on FanDuel and, and we'll freestyle this thing a little bit and I'll, I'll give you my take on, on DraftKings. Um, let's start with Arizona at Detroit. Uh, Arizona. <laughs> nice. Um, thanks for that beautiful graphic, Sal. Um, Sal. Uh, we have Love Arizona it. favored by 12 and a half with the highest implied point total on slate 30 points. Um, what, anything that stands out to you on Fandle from this Arizona game? I think you can get to Kyler Murray. Yeah, and honestly, all of this uncertainty related to the backfield, we, we still don't know as of Friday evening what this backfield is going to look like. James Conner has essentially missed practice all week. We yep. don't know if Chase Edmonds is going to be activated. Is it going to be Eno Benjamin week? Are they going to start using Rondell Moore out of the backfield? Because that's the kind of week it's been where he suddenly just turns into a running back. I'm not actually suggesting that. Really what this brings me back to is Kyler Murray. I yeah. think you can get to Kyler on FanDuel especially. And I will say that right now in our value rankings, he's number one among quarterbacks. He has a 5.1 ranking, meaning if you can get to him, play him. But, you know, if at the end of the day, Kyler was the QB1 and you kind of needed to have his score to get to the top of tournaments, would anyone be surprised against Detroit? Yeah, yeah um, I, I think I agree with that completely. On, on DraftKings, he was already in my player pool as a cash game play, uh, viable as a standalone play, but not something that we were necessarily going to be forcing in now with with cooper cup off the slate who was going to be our main pay up guy it does leave a, a lot of um trying to figure out where you're going to spend up i think people are probably still going to get to Devonte, but i think you can comfortable comfortably fit in kyler at um 7900 on DraftKings, and, and from from a cash game perspective compared to josh allen I actually think he's just a better straight up play than Josh Allen because we don't know how much Josh Allen is going to be running. So Kyler is fine. I mean, we know that we could affordably stack him with um, with either AJ Green or Christian Kirk. I don't think you need to force those guys in cash games because we still do have some really good uh, wide receiver value uh, on the slate where, where you can pay down and, and be a little more uh, confident in where those targets are going to go. Obviously, in tournaments, that's fine. Zach Ertz is a really good standalone value on DraftKings. He's kind of in an awkward salary range where I, I don't think you're probably going to fit him into cash games. I, I don't think you need to, but obviously, you could stack him as well. I do think two very interesting GPP options in this game are playing a naked Kyler Murray. Like he can just there's a really good chance he can he can throw for. 300 and and rush for two or three i think he actually did that last week i don't think he threw or was that the week before he, i don't know he threw but for but, 383 and ran yeah. for like 60 still still yeah. insane stat yeah. line so i think if, a typical kyler stat line yeah point. and if the touchdowns come with his legs then you, you're not going to miss much on the um on the stacking front and I don't think a lot of people are going to use bringbacks in this game. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is a really interesting one. Josh Reynolds questionable. TJ Hawkinson on IR. St. Brown has had a really big uh, target share over the last six weeks. So he's somebody that you could consider, especially on DraftKings, where it's full PPR, somebody that um, I would definitely consider. 
another exciting game. I briefly mentioned this. Buffalo versus Carolina in Buffalo. Buffalo favored by 12 with an implied point total of 28.25. Uh, what, what are you seeing on FanDuel uh, on this game? Gabe Davis. It's all about yeah. Gabriel Davis. He's yeah. still a solid option. I think they're 10-point favorites currently. And one thing you will say is that I think the possibility of this game being closer for longer is is it's more probable yeah. here than say the Cardinals taking care of business against the Detroit in that sure. last game we were talking about. So I do think so long as uh, Josh Allen is healthy enough to play his normal game, then we can project the Bills' offense to do really well. Even Stephon Diggs becomes a more viable option yeah. if you think that the macro strategy of getting two stud wide receivers, especially on FanDuel in cash games, is still the way to go. So. Carolina has been okay in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. Not so much that I'm going to stay away from the Buffalo receivers. Yeah, I haven't outside of Gabe Davis, who um, is one of our top values at wide receiver on DraftKings. I don't think you need to uh, force any of these other players um, into cash games. Gabe Davis sub for $4,000. He's probably not probably he is a lock button. We saw him play 83% of snaps last week without um, or with Emmanuel Sanders um, uh, sidelined early in that game with his injury. That's keeping him out this week. Uh, we know that the. Uh, Bills are going to pass a ton. Gabe Davis has been second in uh, yards per route run over the past six weeks and has also had a ton of red zone work um, over the past six weeks. And then another player in that game that I do think is interesting, people are going going to play Josh Allen a ton in tournaments. They're going to stack him with Diggs. They're going to stack him with Gabriel Davis. Uh, Dawson Knox is relatively expensive on both sides. I don't think he's going to see nearly the ownership of Gabe Davis or Diggs, so I really like Dawson Knox as a tournament pivot. Um, whether you're onslaughting the game or, or, or throwing him in there um, with Diggs, like I... I don't think on this slate you need to like like there are times where we've seen like a, a Josh Allen Gabe Dave like Gabe Day or not Gabe Davis Emmanuel Sanders Cole Beasley work um, those have been on slates where we have a lot of high salary players and you want to get to them I don't think it makes much sense to roll out a tournament lineup without digs like obviously it can work wide receivers are volatile but on on the slate like this where we just don't have that many high end players I don't think it makes a lot of sense but uh, Dawson Knox is a fantastic leverage play in that game. Not interested in the running backs for obvious reasons. And on the Carolina side, I just don't see how you you consider bringing it back. Cam Newton isn't even like guaranteed to get all of the reps. They're talking about a rotation. Um, he has more turnovers than starts this year. And uh, I mean, like I guess DJ Moore is an okay value, but uh, we can't trust the quarterbacks to get it um, to them. Moving on to a game that uh, I haven't really looked at much, Denver versus Cincinnati. Denver's favored by three at home with an over-under of 44.5. Any, anything to talk about um, on this game? I mean, we have Joe Mixon, who nobody's talking about because he has missed some practice, but he's probably the, like, the highest touch floor running back on the slate. Um, and then on uh, on the other side, the running back, what do we do with the with the Javante Williams-Melvin Gordon um, situation? And, of course, Jamar and Tier always can always hit. Yeah, that's the first thing I was actually going to say is that this game has gotten kind of overlooked and we kind of just admitted it ourselves here. Mm -hmm. I haven't paid much attention to it. I'm not valuing it super high for cash games. In our value rankings, it's not none of the players are up there. And yet it's really a competition between Joe Mixon and Najee Harris yeah. about who gets the most running back touches on this slate here. Yep. And Jamar Chase is a 
player who can get 120 yards and a touchdown every single week. Same with T. Higgins. In expected fantasy points, T. Higgins is actually a wide receiver one among just the wide receivers on this slate. And so, I mean, the the opportunity is likely there. It's just that the matchup kind of steers us away. Um, yeah. I, I think they're really solid GPP plays, to be honest. And even if you want to go back to Javante Williams, you can. But Melvin Gordon is not going away. He had more touches right away coming back last week. Yeah, I, I'm pretty concerned about using either Denver running back um, in any any format. Um, obviously, they're, they're not cash game options this week. Um, it, uh, it's a situation where when I was targeting Javante um, before his, his – he even before his blow-up, he actually had a 20-point game that somehow kind of got overlooked that was on the main slate. But, like, we were playing him because he was like a 5% play, right? So even if he's a, a 15% play this week, again, running back super weak, I just don't want any part of that because there's just way too much downside there. Um, obviously, Jamar can hit at any time. I think he's a really good standalone play pretty much on any slate. Denver has gave, given up some big games to uh, similar profile wide receivers. I think the most interesting thing – from this game is Joe Mixon because most lineups are going to be two running back builds and very few lineups are going to pay up for Mixon or, or Najee Harris. Um, not excited about Najee, but we do know Cincinnati can put up some pretty big offensive games and Joe Mixon can obviously be a big part of that. So I think a, a very obvious way to flip the build this week is to pay up for running back. There just aren't going to be a lot of lineups that are doing that. I don't know if it would be like in a primary single entry, but if you're playing large field stuff, it, it makes a lot of sense for me. So like for me, Jamar as a one-off just because he's missed some opportunities and I think people are sour on him and Joe Mixon is a flip the build because if people are using relatively expensive running backs, I think it'll be in this next game that we're going to talk about Dallas at New York. Dallas is favored by 11 over under is only 44 points. Um, nice hangover uh, graphic there from Sal. <laughs> this one is interesting because I, I don't think we really have any cash game players in this game. I think people might use Saquon a little bit um, in cash, especially on DraftKings, just because, again, we just don't have running backs. I think in tournaments, because Dallas is a huge favorite, Tony Pollard is questionable, even though we saw Corey Clement get work, Zeke might just like get popular because there aren't any other running backs. Um, so how are you approaching this game? Yeah, I mean... Zeke is kind of at that point where, like, just when I thought it was out, they're dragging me back in. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's 10.5-point favorites. Like, I'm kind of going against fundamentals to say, hey, I know better than math in what Ezekiel Elliott has looked like. And, hey, he hasn't been efficient this year. But if you look at things like evaded tackles or evaded tackles per touch, he isn't complete dust, which is what it feels like every time I'm watching, watching him this season. So I do want to mention from a GPP perspective – I guess you could play him in cash, but I really do like Dalton Schultz. There are only yeah. 12 players uh, who have under a 6K salary on FanDuel and have a route participation rate above 90% in any position. And Dalton Schultz is one of them. A couple that I didn't mention from previous games, Robbie Anderson and Cortland Sutton also fit that bill. But if you're looking for a GPP tight end option on a quality offense, and, op and guys, remember that, Tight ends on heavy favorites correlate well with uh, fantasy scoring, just yep. like running backs here. Schultz looks pretty good to me. Yeah, um, I, I should should have said earlier in the podcast, anything that I say in reference to 
probable ownership take with a, a, a slight grain of salt. I haven't updated ownership projections yet. I'm not doing that till late tomorrow because um, I'm just not doing it four times this week. So I'm waiting till we get as much information as possible. Um, but but I, I do still think that there is a pretty good chance that Zeke is relatively popular. Uh, the the play that really stands out to me in this game is C.D. Lamb. I think he's just going to go, even, even with some ownership and, and salary opening up, I still think people are going to go to to Devontae, to Debo, to Stephon Diggs. Even though C.D. Lamb is cheaper than those guys, um, he is pretty close to, to Diggs' salary range. So I really like him uh, as a strong leverage play if we do end up thinking Zeke is going to be like 20% in tournaments. Uh, I have no interest in any player on either side in cash games. Um, so not much else to say about that game. This next game is the most interesting one uh, to me because when I do run ownership projections tomorrow, I think this is the one that could get juiced up the most taking ownership away from Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup for the simple reason that Devonte Adams is basically like the perfect usage and salary pivot from cup who was going to be the mega chalk on this slate. Green Bay is at Baltimore favored by a touchdown with an over under of 25. Um, we still don't have news on Lamar Jackson. So that obviously makes it really hard to trust any Ravens. If Jackson is out, is Huntley cash viable? And then what else are you doing with this game? Yeah, so I'm playing Devontae Adams. Obviously, it's really it's really a matter of can I get to Adams and Samuel or do I have to decide one of the two? On FanDuel, I think it is a little bit easier to be on team jam them in for a wide <laughs> receiver. It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. But Devontae Adams has... 10 to 15 targets floor and ceiling every single time he steps on the field. Yep. Baltimore has been bottom 10 this season in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. They just can't overcome the amount of injuries they've had in the secondary. And they still do have some quality players. Anthony Averett is still graded very, very highly via PFF. But still, I think that Devontae Adams is going to get his to the point where I'm fine having him as my anchor point in yeah. cash games and then making all my other decisions off of that. Yeah, Devontae Adams is the lock button in, in cash this week um, on both sides. It's not even a question at this point. Um, there just isn't another player. I don't even know on the slate. Let me look at DraftKings floor projections, but I don't know if there's another non-quarterback that has a higher uh, theoretical floor uh, than Adams. Let me look at the projection floor. Um we actually have Debo projected for a higher floor than Devontae. It's a which really is, good conversation. Which is surprising about to me. Um, I'm going to disagree with that. That probably has something to do with the guaranteed rushes that we have Samuel projected for. Um, but I, I would I would much rather play Devontae Adams in cash. Uh, before we, we got these uh, games being moved around, uh, we were expecting the Rams to get a ton of ownership, and I was really liking the Packers as a um, tournament play, a, a Rodgers um, Adam stack. You were going to get at a discount compared to um, compared to Stafford and Cooper Cup. I still think it's an interesting game to stack because MVS is questionable, but I, I like game stacks with the Packers if you can include MVS because there are other situations where people can stack their quarterback and have a really uh, good pay down option. A ton of people are going to play Buffalo and include Gabe Davis in the stack and then a lot of people are going to play Tua with Devontae Parker so it leaves MVS just as like this leverage play on the, the pay down option. 
again, he's questionable. So the you know that that goes with uh, what we that goes with the theme of week fifteen. But if he is if he is active, he's going to be a really nice way to o- lower the average ownership of Green Bay stacks. But again, I, I think um, Rodgers and definitely Devontae could get uh, disproportionately uh, uh, popular this week before. We move on to the second half of the games on this slate. I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your fantasy football season besides playing in week 15. It's Underdog Fantasy and their brand new Pick'em game. Just pick the over or the under on your favorite or your least favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players and you could take home some cold, hard, Cash head to 444.com slash underdog to claim your free 444 Pro subscription and get $10 bonus cash to play this weekend. We still do have you games. Gotta, you, with- got, you got to bottle some of this energy, some of this uh, TJ Fitzpatrick Nandez here. This is this is, <laughs> this is great. The, the yeah. slight degaff. While still digging in, like we got some yeah, solid info here. <laughs> I mean, listen, man, if this is the week for it, the, the DGAF is heavy on, on the week 15 slate. Um, as much as, as the value plays have been blown up this week, we still got really good values in this game. Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins favored um, by nine and a half points. Over under is only 41, but we have 25.25 implied point total for Miami. What do you like in this game? Uh, you, you got to play Devonte Parker. I think he's kind of that skeleton key mm-hmm. that helps you get to all the other players yep. in this slate that you want to get to. And from there, you can make other decision points, especially in cash games. Just lock him in, figure out other things later. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at our stack value rankings, he's the sixth best QB receiver one stack on FanDuel. I don't really see there a reason to go away from him unless you're trying to beat a lot of people who might be rostering Parker, in which case I'm totally fine going with Gusecki. You saw 11 targets yep. last week. There's some volatility in his opportunity. We've literally seen a goose egg in a game in the second half of the season, but... Uh, they're playing the Jets. They're playing an NCAA defense. You're going to want to get <laughs> yeah. to the Dolphins so that you can get to the other great players in great spots. Yeah, and uh, Devontae Parker will be popular. I think you should still be able to get Tua at sub-10% in tournaments. Uh, I think you could definitely justify a, a Tua, Devontae, um, Gasecki stack. Um, and and Devontae Parker will be mega chalk, but... Um, but Gasecki and Tua should bring down that average ownership enough to where um, it's not crazy. We still don't know. I, I think Miles Gaskins could still clear protocol if he ends up he did. active. He cleared. He, he, yeah, so he is actually like cash viable for me at this point because running back is so so weak and, and Miami is favored by so much. Um, before we got all of all of the the shuffling and players taken off of the slate, Tua was my preferred cash game quarterback. On DraftKings, I think there's enough paydown options now where I'm probably going to prioritize Kyler's rushing. But again, I, I have to build, so take that a little bit with the grain of salt. But but Tua and, and Kyler are probably my the two cash game quarterbacks I'm looking at. Um, Devon, I, I said uh, Devonte Adams is the lock. It's it's the Devonte duo this week. Lock <laughs> Devonte Adams. Lock Devonte Parker. Lock. Hey, I do want to add one thing. For yeah. this game too uh yeah, i don't know if i've ever heard of this player before but dj montgomery got uh-huh. serious run for the new york jets last week saw yeah. six targets ran 85 percent of routes 
I don't think a lot of people know who DJ Montgomery is. If you need a run back that like literally three people in the Millionaire Maker might play, his name is DJ Montgomery, and he plays for the New York Jets. Yeah, um, I I think that's pretty clearly like a very large field play, but I mean, especially on on DraftKings where it is PPR, that makes. Um, that, that could make sense. Um, Braxton Berrios got a ton of targets last week, too. We, a lot of us thought it was going to be Jameson Crowder. And by a lot of us, maybe I just mean me. But, um, <laughs> but it ended up being Braxton Berrios who did lead the team. So I, I think you can make an argument where if you are going to stack Tua, that you could bring it back with one of those guys and, and uh, get the PPR points and, and hope for um, some kind of ugly touchdown. Michael Carter's popping in, in value ranks here, and I, I believe he's projecting pretty well on other sites. I, I haven't checked, but um, I'm not comfortable playing Carter in cash games coming off of that injury uh, just because it's a horrible injury, and it's one that, that shows up um, even when they come off IR, and they're huge underdogs. Um, so I'd rather play Gaskin on the other side, even though he's more expensive. I get wanting to play Carter if you play him in tournaments in game stacks. Um, fine I, I just he's not a player that i'm going to be um targeting this week and gaseki he from a value perspective he's very much like zach ertz who i discussed is on DraftKings in that awkward salary range where i don't think you end up playing him in cash um but uh but parker parker's a cash game lock for me uh, moving on to atlanta at san francisco another big spread here san francisco favored by nine points the over under is 46 I think we got official word right before uh, we came on here that Elijah Mitchell is out. This is not COVID related, but he's not active. So uh, any interest in anybody besides Debo or George Kittle in this game? And and you talk about Debo and George Kittle as well, if you'd like. Yeah. How can you say anything bad about the two of them? I mean, credit to Kyle Shanahan for just understanding that the best way for their team to win is for their offense to get the ball in Debo Samuel's hands and they don't care how it happens. Yeah. You know, he's getting to wide receiver one level production with one to five targets in a game. This is kind of unprecedented, except for the fact yeah. that it happened earlier this season with Cordero Patterson. It's sort of that <laughs> positionless transition of skill position players. It's pretty cool. And George Kittle is like a video game where, you know, his yards after the catch ability is, you know, second to none. So the fact that you can pair him both of them up with a very inexpensive quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo in such a plus matchup, it's really, really appealing if you're trying to create a stack for tournaments. In cash games, this is where it gets really, really interesting because I actually think the big decision, we've kind of alluded to it already on the show, is Devontae Adams versus Debo Samuel. Or can you get to both? On FanDuel, it's much more possible than it yeah. is on DraftKings. On DraftKings, it gets really, really tight. Yeah, um, I love Kittle um, in on this slate on DraftKings. He actually, again, even before we, we had um, the news of the games getting moved, he actually fit into uh, um, cash game lineups um, pretty pretty easily uh i think he's probably be before cooper cup was off the slate i would say he's the biggest positional advantage on the slate i now, will be right back yeah no worries um I'll, I'll keep it going but now with um with cooper cup no longer on the slate the the positional advantage probably goes to Devonte adams 
but I, I think that playing Kittle in any format um, along with Jimmy Garoppolo is, is very viable. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has 303 very much in his range of outcomes against this Atlanta defense. And I actually like Jimmy a little bit more on DraftKings than I do on FanDuel because I, I think it's more likely that he hits the 300 um, yard bonus than he does going off for like four touchdowns or something like that. Uh, we saw the Jeff Wilson experiment not go well last week. Uh, he, he's still not projecting uh, very well, uh, even with the news of Elijah Mitchell being out. But, I mean, a post-hype sleeper, 5K on DraftKings, huge favorites. Like, Jeff Wilson could, like, by the time I, I start building on Sunday, he could end up being, like, one of the better pivots of the week. If we look at, I mean, if we look at salaries, we're going to have a mega chalk running back at 5,400. Pivot to Jeff Wilson at $5,000. I mean, that might be an outstanding play. Uh, we didn't talk about Corderell Patterson. Um, you you were going to talk about CPAT before we blew up this outline. Uh, what are your thoughts on Patterson? Because him and Debo, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not confident in them because of the way they're being used. And I think there's, there's safer plays. Obviously, they have huge upside. Um, I don't love either of them as cash game plays. But what do you think about CPAT? Well, I think sometimes you got you got to trust the value rankings to a certain mm -hmm. extent. And first sure. of all, we kind of talked about how once you hit that 7.0 ranking, they're cash game viable. And then once you get to 10, you're almost at the lock button here. So Cordero Patterson, at least on FanDuel, has been hovering at that 7.0, 7.5 value projection. Yeah. And that's because he's been efficient all season. Earlier in the year, he was at like 7 points above expected in fan expected fantasy points per game. Uh, now he's at like two, which is actually a sustainable level of efficiency for him. Mm. To be honest, I just think it's a really good, uh, it's a really good place to be on a team that's consistently losing. Because if they throw forty passes or more, yeah, they're probably getting dump offs to Cordero Patterson. So if you think that San Francisco is going to succeed on one side, I think, you know, it, if I'm going to try to jam in a run back option, Cordero is my first option. Yeah, if, if I'm using CPAT, uh, I actually kind of, especially against San Francisco, I kind of like it more as a big underdog. We've we saw Mike Davis like you know reemerge as um, what the Falcons consider a usable back. I I want CPAT attacking that secondary a little bit, so it it makes sense to me. I, I think there's I'm probably going to end up going elsewhere. Uh, moving on to Houston and Jacksonville. James Robinson was like, he's the running back on the slate. It's crazy to say after what we've um, seen from the Jaguars the last few weeks, but Daryl Bevel taking over for Urban Meyer is very adamant that James Robinson is the starting back, is going to be used as such. Carlos Hyde isn't active, so we don't even have to worry about that. Jacksonville's favored for the first time since week one. Houston is a disaster starting Davis Mills. Um, so how are you attacking this game? First of all, first of all, just A+. plus podcast host work there vamping while the dogs were barking while oh, the yeah. christmas gifts were arriving and jordan vanek uh a plus to you over here and oh, sal man. with the the dunk on the alley-oop look at this if you're not on youtube you are absolutely missing out on these graphics <laughs> yeah uh, that's a good i will one. say the only thing that i'm concerned about is james robinson missing this game because if james robinson misses then i have no idea what to do yeah. with that backfield i'm probably just staying away but if he's in he is the clearest he is the clearest 
value at the running back position. He is fundamentally mispriced, as we've talked about before here, based on the projected value. Carlos Hyde already ruled out. And uh, this is a little bit narrative-based, but maybe we see a little bit of pep in the step of Jacksonville without Urban Meyer there anymore. Absolutely the right move here. And I will say, I am definitely getting to Marvin Jones and LaVishka Chanel in tournaments. I think they could absolutely smash here. Not to say you're they not, absolutely You're not playing Laquan? Will. You're not playing Treadwell? Oh. If Laquan, Laquan Treadwell hitting will make so many uh, mid-2010s Roto-Vizzers so happy that I think <laughs> it would just be worth it. Shout, uh, out, to, but, shout out to Davis Maddock. Yeah, but uh, I, I do think that you got to... You, you got to say that Marvin Jones is the best tournament pivot with Robinson being so, uh, so popular. Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as we've talked through this again, like our whole slate kind of got blown up and our plan got blown up. Um, as we've talked through this, we've talked about Gabe Davis, Devonte Parker, um, James Robinson. Now, uh, Devonte Adams all being these locks, the, on, at least on DraftKings, the cash game lineup actually kind of builds itself. Like I'm actually really starting to like this because there isn't a running back that's projecting anywhere close to James Robinson. Um, so we're definitely playing him um, in cash games. When, when we're thinking about how we want to approach the chalk in GPPs, um, we want to be able to replace that player um, with hopefully similar projection and and i don't think any running back is going to be projecting close to james robinson this week so it's a really interesting week because we're going to have from a projection standpoint robinson kittle and Devonte adams just all lapping the field so from a from the dynamic of how do we like to think about chalk they actually all are all very good chalk plays i i think if i'm going to fade one um heavily it's probably Robinson, even though we usually don't do that with the running back, just because the Jacksonville offense is still bad, right? Like we still don't know if they can show up. That that's my concern with him. But he's a locking cash games. Um, I do love Marvin Jones as a pivot. He's probably my favorite leverage play of the week. Um, he, he's his usage has, has been relatively consistent. His air yards have been around that twenty percent share mark all season. I don't know if we get the benefit of this right away just because Daryl Bevel's taking over midweek for an offense that just has been in disarray all year. But when Daryl Bevel has been a primary play caller, he has thrown or called the deep passes as much as any play caller in the league. If they can get that to translate to the field this Sunday, that would benefit Marvin Jones against a Texans defense that's one of the worst in the league against the deep ball. Bottom three in QBR allowed on passes of 20 or more air yards, uh, allowing the second most touchdowns on such passes. And we haven't talked much about defense on the slate. I think the Bills are going to be the chalk. Jaguars are one of the best value defenses on the slate. Um, they're affordable on both sides. I believe they're sub 4K on FanDuel and they're 2800 on DraftKings. So if you are going to play Robinson, I think it's it's probably pretty wise to just pair him with, um, with the Jacksonville defense and get that correlation hey, there. And we yeah. should also add here that I, I, there's a little bit narrative take, but it's also based in statistics. When we first saw Trevor Lawrence on the field in an NFL uniform, we saw him throwing 50 passes and we saw him throw to Marvin Jones 11 times mm -hmm. versus this same Texans team. Yep. You almost wonder, or at least I do, that maybe a ultra conservative, not very analytically oriented coach who was only going to last 13 games 
told him to run the damn ball way too often because rational coaching tells you that what the Jaguars should actually do is let Trevor Lawrence pass his arm off, not not literally, yeah. but pass as much as possible, see as many coverages as possible so that when they have a more talented roster next season, he's more prepared. Do I know if they're going to do that? No. That's why James Robinson is the chalk play because they're probably going to just give him 25 touches in this winnable matchup. But what they should do is let Trevor Lawrence throw 40-plus times every game for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I, I like Marvin Jones as a one-off be, because of all the things you just said. I, I, I don't know if um, – even if Trevor Lawrence does – see an uptick in volume i just don't know if he does enough to get there in what should be a pretty low scoring game um on the slate that still has some strong quarterback options so i i don't think you need to like pivot all the way to lawrence but it's not a horrible um idea because if if james robinson is the chalk and, and people are thinking he has um some kind of slate winning ability in his uh, projection, then that, that probably translates to the offense in, in some respect. Um, wrapping it up with this Pittsburgh-Tennessee game. Tennessee is traveling to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is favored by one point. The over-under is only 43.5. Uh, from my perspective, this is a pretty ugly game, but do you have anything to say about this one? I'm always down to play Deontay Johnson when yeah. most people aren't going to play him because, as we've said, his – his probability of getting 12 targets is probably higher than everybody except for maybe Cooper Cup. Like yeah. even Devontae Adams, the way he gets there, he doesn't necessarily have to have 12 targets. But sure. again, I've said this definitely on a DFS MVP show in the past, but if the touchdown upside of the Steelers offense was higher on a per game basis, then Deontay Johnson's salary would make absolutely no sense. And remember, the Tennessee defense has not been good to opposing wide receivers this year. They're middle of the road in PFF defensive grade, but 30th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to go away. One wouldn't want to go to Deontay Johnson in a tournament situation. Chase Claypool is one of those players who I kind of have a leak on him because like he, he never pops in opportunity metrics. He's constantly one of these solid contested catch solid yards per reception guys that I can't quite get to. So yeah. for me, it's still Najee, it's Deontay. And uh, I guess if you want to take a chance on a Titans player, Dante Foreman, because I think that he would get more usage in a closer matchup, which we project this to be. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, after that, that split we saw last week with Jeremy McNichols back in the fold, I don't think there's any way I, I, touch uh the tennessee backfield um deontay foreman is popping in some models uh, across the industry but I, I think there's better running back options i think there's huge leverage opportunity with the running back on the other side i just don't think a lot of people are going to go to um to Najee, even though he is a high touch guy it's just it's going to be james robinson uh, maybe pay down and, and maybe when i run projections maybe joe mixon and, and Najee do get some ownership just out of um just such a weak slate but again I think a lot of it will end up going to Zeke because they are huge favorites. Um, but Najee and, and, and Mixon can be guys that really flip the slate. I think Julio Jones is interesting. Like you said, I agree. Deontay Johnson is a cash game play. I, I wouldn't say he's a lock on DraftKings just because he's kind of in um, an awkward salary range. But if he fits into your lineup, like he's obviously very viable. But, um, I mean, Julio saw six targets only playing um, – 
you know, I think he played half of the snaps last week. Uh, so if he gets a, a full complement of, of snaps, I mean, he could easily see, see 10 targets in this game against a Pittsburgh uh, defense that has really struggled against the pass. So not fully stacking this game by any means, but I, I think maybe like a mini with Deontay and Julio could be um, pretty interesting. Um Crazy week 15, man. Uh, again, we, we just kind of went off the rails this week just because so many things got blown up and it just seemed easier to to go about it this way than give you guys a, a handful of values that might just be obsolete by the time uh, kickoff comes around on Sunday. But um, definitely make sure you're, you're checking out, especially the cheat sheets that come out tomorrow, the updated ownership leading up to kickoff and probably the most important week of, of the season for Discord. Um, any last thoughts on, on the slate? Uh, yeah, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks for for sticking it through as all the content creators get their stuff updated and out with all this injury news. And please be safe if you're traveling to go see family for the holidays. We'll be back slightly before the big day, but just want to shout out everyone. Stay safe as you're listening and watching out there. Yeah, definitely. We got one more show um, before the holidays, but reminder, we are going to um, 11 a.m. Um, uh, Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time for DFS MVP next week. Um, as always, if you're enjoying what we do here, uh, please like and subscribe here on YouTube to the 444 channel. If you're uh, listening on audio, um, please rate and review on iTunes and, and sign up for whichever one you don't use. Please sign up for that one. Uh, because it helps us out a ton. And if you haven't signed up for that Discord yet, you can get access to the 444 DFS content plan for just $24 for the rest of the season. Use the code DFSMVP for an extra 10% off. Catch us through the regular season every Monday doing our cash game review at 2 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Every Saturday through the regular season DFS values uh, with Yahoo's Matt Harmon. GPP last look show, as I just mentioned, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time for uh, subscribers on our Discord channel. And please follow us on Twitter. 444 is at 444 football. Matt's at Draftaholic. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Talk to you guys on Monday.